Hello and welcome back to the Canadian Money Roadmap Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Neufeld. Today's episode is the third part of my summer series, where I'll have more frequent but shorter episodes on the topics of investing smarter and reducing taxes. And joining me today again is my colleague and certified financial planner, Stephen Gunther. Steve, thanks for joining me. Back at it again. Back at her. Okay, Stephen, when we talk about investing, people are wanting to make money. Making money is all about the rate of return that you get, but returns aren't just about how much you make, it's how much you're able to keep after taxes. So now this is kind of bridging that investing smarter and reducing taxes concept. Okay, so how can we do that when we invest? Behold, the tax man cometh. Here he comes. He's always coming. Yeah, you've got the tax man who wants a cut. So naturally, what you keep is always after tax. We call it after tax dollars or after tax returns. A good example of this is the tax-free savings account. Your listeners might be familiar with your tax-free savings account podcast. Or as I've referred to it as a tax-free investment account or tax-free retirement account. So that's exactly as it sounds. The returns you earn are 100% tax-free. So if you make 6% in your investment, you keep 6%. Not so if you're investing in a, what's called a non-registered account. There's different synonyms for this, but non-registered is one of them. Open is another, and a cash account is another. Those three things all mean the same thing. It just effectively means it's not part of a government tax advantage program like an RRSP, a pension, or a tax-free savings account. Yeah, a non-registered or an open account kind of goes to the CRA or the Canada Revenue Agency default of, hey, if you make a dollar, we're going to take some of it. So if you're investing there, tax is a factor. So you need to be thoughtful with how you organize your portfolio in such a way that you limit taxes across the board. And the reason why this is even a factor is because not all types of investment income are taxed the same. Right, so when you have a rate of return of x percent that could be a combination of a variety different types of investment income is that correct yeah most people are familiar with interest you know when you have a savings account in the bank you earn interest but a better a better word of describing investment income is growth and growth doesn't it's like the umbrella term for interest and then there's two others there's something called dividends there's capital gains so there's interest dividends and capital gains that comprise somebody's total growth in an investment. Right. Let me break those down for you quickly. So interest is typically earned in a place like a savings account, but it's also earned when you own things like bonds or other types of fixed income. So that broader category, it pays a set amount of interest all the time. Now that can fluctuate a little bit, but that's how you typically make money from fixed income, from savings accounts, from GICs, things like that. Then from there, dividends. Dividends are a portion of a company's profits that are distributed back to owners of that company or shareholders. So say, for example, Apple is the biggest company in the world right now. They make a ton of money and a ton of profit. And so every quarter, I think, they have a small dividend that they pay out. So if you own shares in Apple, you're going to get paid a little bit of cash. And that's just sharing in the profits with the owners. Then finally, capital gains is the last type of investment income that you can earn. And that is just something appreciating in value. So again, let's use that Apple stock. So we'd say you bought a share of Apple for a hundred bucks. Now it's worth 200. Well, now you have a hundred dollars worth of capital gains there in that share. And each one of those will be realized in different ways. 
And so this is important because, especially for the last one, capital gains are typically only realized when you sell an asset. So the Apple stock is now valued at 200. You sell the stock, you now have $100 of realized capital gains. Same goes with, with dividends. Sometimes dividends won't be paid by that company. If, you don't, if they don't pay any, of course, you're not paying any tax on any. So you don't have to consider that. And then interest is the last one. So interest is always taxed when it's received. So if you get $2 in interest, you have to add $2 to your investment income on your tax return. So you've got three categories that are earned in different ways. But the more important part is that they're taxed in different ways. So interest is like employment income. It's taxed 100%. So if you have a 2% savings account, you have $100,000 in it goes up by $2,000 over the year, you add $2,000 to your tax return as investment income. Now, if that same 2% was in the form of dividends or in capital gains, you're not adding all of it to your tax return. Those are both more tax-efficient sources of growth. And so we want to prioritize dividends and capital gains over interest in a general sense. Because you'll pay less tax on each of them. So you'll keep more of the 2%. You might keep 20% more, 30% more in exchange or in comparison to interest income. Okay, now let's let's break down some of the how each of those different plan types treat tax as well. So we talked about TFSAs, RSPs, and non-registered accounts. Let's stick with those three. There's a few others, but let's stick with those three. So TFSA, this one is the no-brainer, the easiest one to understand, the easiest one to implement. Tax-free applies to all types, so there is no tax on interest earned, there's no tax on dividends that you earn, and there's no tax on capital gains. Any questions? Pretty straightforward. Okay, great. Um, So then RSPs, these are an interesting one because you can own the same types of investments in TFSAs, RSPs, and non-registered, but with an RSP, because you get that tax credit when you put the money in, they want tax on the way out. So in the meantime is where you have the advantage because you don't have to pay annual tax on interest or dividends received. You only pay tax when you take the money out of the plan. So we call this a tax deferred plan. Okay. But, 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 but when you take the money out, it doesn't matter if it was your original contributions, interest, dividends, or capital gains. It's all treated the same way. It's all taxed at we call your marginal rate. And if you go back and listen to my tax basics episode, you'll know that if you make more income, you'll pay a higher rate of tax. So if you're making withdrawals from your RSP, the more you take out, the more tax you're going to pay. But it's even across the board, regardless of what type of income you're taking out. Then the final plan type of non-registered, Stephen, can you explain how that one works? This is the most complex. So thanks for the privilege. So the, the basic rule is as income is received, so it is taxed. The exact same as employment income. You earn a paycheck, you have to claim that income in that given tax year. So the same goes for the three types of investment income that we've described. So if you receive interest that year, you, you add it onto the tax return. If you receive dividends, you add it onto the tax return. Same with realized capital gains, you add it on. Let's compare capital gains and interest though. So say I had $100 in realized capital gains and $100 of interest. Is that the same thing? No, so you got 100% taxable interest. Whereas 
in Canada, there's something called the capital gains inclusion rate, which is a mouthful. But (laughs) what it speaks to is how much of your realized capital gain becomes taxable in the year that it's realized. So $100 of realized capital gains in a given tax year only amounts to 50% taxable. So only $50 would be taxable in the year that that gain was realized. So it's 50% of the tax you would have paid on your interest, which means you keep more of your money. Assuming that you earn the same return in interest or capital gains, you will keep more money in the capital gain type of investment income versus interest. Right. Okay. So let's just put this in really basic terms then. If you have $100 of interest, you have $100 of realized capital gains, capital gains are 50% off. They're on sale. Perfect. Okay. So to try to simplify this a little bit more, if you think of bonds paying interest and stocks growing via capital gains, the types of growth that you get out of both investments are different and the types of tax you pay on different plan types are different. So is there a way that we can match these up to have a really effective portfolio for both investing smarter and reducing taxes? Absolutely. So this is plan-based asset allocation. So let's just assume everything else being equal, you would rather hold your least efficient assets in your RSP because when you withdraw the money, it does not differentiate what type of growth it was. It is taxed the same. It's 100% taxable, whether it was interest, capital gains, dividends, doesn't matter. So if I have capital gains in the RSP, I thought I got it 50% off, but no, you don't because any money you take out of the plan is 100% taxable. Sure. So the opposite is true if you look at a non-registered account. That is where you see the full difference in the taxation of the investment growth. So naturally, you would want to hold more stocks or in a non-registered account than bonds, all else being equal. Now, there's there's a lot of decisions that come into asset allocation, but Assuming all plans are going to be invested the exact same way or for the exact same goal and you wanted to, let's say, have a split of 50% stocks, 50% bonds, you'd want to put as much of that 50% in the RSP component of your overall portfolio. The 50% in bonds in the RSP. Correct. And as much of the stocks in the non-registered part of your portfolio, thus achieving the highest level of after-tax return after all is said and done. That's that's a lot of great content, Stephen. The main point to take away here is that there are different types of income earned from investments. Different plan types will tax things differently, but we'll come to some more specifics later on this summer. Thanks for joining me today on the Canadian Money Roadmap Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd really appreciate if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts with your biggest takeaway. If you have questions or ideas for topics you'd like me to discuss on future episodes, please reach out via my contact info in the show notes. This podcast is intended to be educational in nature, and you should always consult your financial, tax, and legal advisors before making changes to your financial plan. Any rates of return discussed are historical or hypothetical and are to be used for educational purposes only. Evan Neufeld is a qualified associate financial planner and registered investment fund advisor. Mutual funds are provided through Sterling Mutuals, Inc.